And yo, what up, 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 what up? It's your boy, the great Roski. Checking in one time for the one time. Uh, man, we'd like to welcome you to another edition of Fine Wine, where, of course, gets better over time, believe, mature, and become. Pull it up, baby. <laughs> Spirits, like, anyway, I digress. Y'all, man, this is my second Fine Wine podcast, Fine Wine Chronicles. And with that, we're going to get into it. But first, you already know something happened to your boy on this week. And oh my God, I just thank God for it. It is, uh, I got to introduce her right. There was a new addition added to my family. On Tuesday, April the 9th, 2019 at 1.45 p.m., all six pound, five ounces, 19 and a half inches of her. Her name is Miss Miracle Elise Jones, yeah, yeah. I like that. My little nickname for her is Mir Mir. Love you, Mir Mir. That's my that's my nickname. Anyway, man, y'all, she is so precious and adorable, man. There's one thing like when you can make like first off, you you pray that the baby is healthy, no matter boy or girl. You pray that the baby is healthy, but then there's another thing when you when you pray and you get what you want. Like I wanted a girl first. I didn't just want. Like, I want a girl first, boy second. I know that's typically backwards, but that's what I wanted. I wanted a girl first, boy second. So God made the baby healthy. Uh, the baby was a girl, but then, y'all, he showed up. She is adorable. She is so cute. You know, God was allowing me to make a good-looking baby. So, like... I'm winning. I'm I'm like we I'm a triple threat right now. A good looking baby. And you know, I ain't gonna lie, I'm kinda a little jealous of her because she's only been here for about two days and she has already stolen all the attention. Yes, she has. <laughs> I mean all she does is eat, sleep, and poop and repeat. Eat, sleep, poop, repeat. And um, uh, you know, and she looks so adorable as she demonstrates these things. And I, like I said, she's daddy's little girl. And like, I just thank God that he would trust me to be a father. So I thank my father for making me a father. If you go back to my status, uh, there was a status that I put up on Facebook that stated, I'm starting to see a better understanding of the father's love. You see, there was this one moment that me and her shared. You know, the, the nurse and the doctor, they instructed me, about skin to skin. Skin to skin is how I would paraphrase it, is when the baby is born, you 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 put the baby on your skin. Generally the mother first and they line up with each other. You hear the heartbeats and it, like I said, it's just a beautiful thing and a lot of different type of healings and different type of uh kick starts for for lack of better words. But it's just a beautiful thing and it's very healthy for the baby. And so they encourage the mother to do skin on skin, but then they also encourage the father to do skin on skin. So my, so the wife, my wife, her mother was doing skin on skin all day. And so finally it was nighttime and I was holding her. So I decided to do a little skin on skin myself. I was reclining in the hospital chair and she was laying on my chest. And as I began to look down at her and just stare, I could not help but smile. It was then that I got a revelation about the father's love for us. You see, there was nothing that she did outside of being born and representing my name. She couldn't do anything to try to please me. It was just the fact that she was all mine. 
and I wanted to give her the world. You see, in other words, my love for her was not based on her conditions towards me, but just her position as my daughter. I felt the Lord nudge me saying, exactly. See, now you got it. Now you see, you know, there's a saying, now you see what I've been saying this whole time. I feel the exact same way, but only my love goes so much deeper and it's so much more complex. You see, it's not about what you can do to please me. The father was speaking to me. It's all about your position as my child. Matthew chapter seven and verse 11 uh, talks about if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children then how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to those that ask? All right. And notice that the scripture says good things and not bad things because bad things don't come from God. Only those things which are good. All right. And also notice the scripture says, if we being evil. Now, what this is talking about is our love compared to God's love. Okay. When our love is compared to God's love, then God's love is so much more deeper, so much more complex. It makes our love look evil. But yet, even if still our love looking evil, it says we still give good gifts to our children. That we will not do anything to harm our children because we love them. So if we won't do anything like that, then what makes you think the father is any different? <laughs> I know you like Roski. I thought you was talking about goals. I thought you was talking about setting goals. And I thought you was talking about, you know, accomplishing, dreaming and doing all these things. And I worry, but the main uh, 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 thing that you must know when setting goals is that it is God's love that wants to see you achieve those goals. God's love wants you to achieve those goals. So he sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, but to also show us who we really were, that those goals were not impossible. And as a matter of fact, a lot of those goals are from God. God gives us the ability to dream. God gives us the ability of vision. Matter of fact, God gives us faith. He gives us the faith. The same faith that was in Jesus that rose Jesus from the grave is the same faith that is in us. That is given to us by God. I got this from my man of God, Pastor Scott. He said, he said, grace is done. Faith says now. So God gives us the faith to do now what grace has already done. So it's important to know that because when you're setting your goals and your visions, you have to know first about the father's love. It's like this. All right. I got this from Pastor Scott. He said, he said, if a millionaire comes up to you and saying, I give you a hundred thousand dollars and your mom comes up to you and say, I give you a hundred thousand dollars. Which one are you more likely to believe? In actuality, you're going to believe your mom. Why? Because the millionaire don't know you and you don't know your mom's character. You don't know the millionaire's character. But your mom is the one that birthed you. She loves you and would do anything for you. So if she says, I'm giving you $100,000, you're more prone to believe your mom over the millionaire. 
Well, just think how much more with God, the one that made us, the one that created us, the one that knows the numbers of our hairs on our head. Think about that. We must realize that in setting goals, it is God's love that wants to see us succeed. I was in meditation this morning. I was in prayer and meditation this morning. And he said, the, God just realized to me, you know, God won't stop you and the devil can't stop you. The devil can't stop you because God is backing what you're doing. God won't stop you because he wants to see you succeed. Think about that, people. He wants to see you succeed. So therefore, he's going to he's already done everything to make sure that you're on the right track for success. Good success. All right. And so what I want us to meditate, I got all this. Like I know you're like, dang, you got all this. I got all this just sitting here looking at my daughter. I was saying, man, what I'm doing now, I got to times it by a thousand. I just love you. She didn't do anything. All she was doing was laying on my chest. But it was the fact that that was my daughter and I, I love her. And I said, I'm going to give her the world. Now, my love is evil compared to God's love. So just think about all that God has given you and all that God wants you to receive from him. You see, there's a verse and I believe it's in Jeremiah 29 and 11. And I'm just going to paraphrase. It says, for I know the, the thoughts that I think towards you. It says thoughts of peace and not of evil, but thoughts of peace. And then later on, it goes to say that uh, thoughts to give you a future that you hope for. In other words, to give you a positive expected end. Think about that. That's what the father wants for each and every one of us because he loves us. So as you begin to set these goals, as you begin to change the world, as you begin to affect your generations as you begin to uh, set up the family lineage so that your children's children, 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 children's will be good because of the decisions that you decide to make on today. Think about that. God wants that for you. <laughs> God wants that for you. And I notice this whenever God speaks, God speaks in generations to come. So as we begin to go after these goals, I just want to let you all know that God wants it more than you want it. That's the reason why he put it in you, because he wants it more than you. He wanted it so bad. He sent his only son, Jesus, to die so that there would be no excuse. Man, if that ain't motivation, I don't I, I'm sorry, I don't know what would motivate you. So I want you to take away this first segment with I am God's favorite. God sent his son Jesus to die for me. And God wants me to be fulfilled in life. These goals are not my goals. They're God's goals for me so that the world can be affected by the decisions I make today. See, now, now you're thinking like God. Now you're thinking like your daddy. I'm telling you, man. Anyway, man, I know I talked a lot. We're going to get into some music. 
This is your boy Swoop, but I know you've been working. All right. Come back, man. We're going to get more into this. Hey, I'm telling you, it is going to get good. All right. Fine Wine Chronicles. Pour it up, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yo, that was The Walls Group with I'm In Love. I had to switch up the title just a little bit. Man, I love that. I think that it is only fitting. We're talking about the love of the Father. So anyway, man, I want to um, take a little different, uh, take a slight turn down another road. I want to talk about um, the testimony of my daughter. Uh, many of you know, a lot of you don't know, but at the age of 18, my wife was diagnosed with PCOS which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh, paraphrase is a bunch of cysts on your ovaries. And so what happened is um, it grew from stage one to stage four over the years. And what happened is it would cause her to bleed uh, irregularly and for long periods of time. Like, for instance, your average period, I'm sorry, cycle, <laughs> I don't want to say that. Your average cycle is from anywhere from four to six days, somewhere in that area. My wife's would be from six to eight months, just nonstop bleeding. And of course, with bleeding, she would lose energy. And, you know, there were some instances where she had, we had to rush her to the hospital and she went through a lot. And the doctor told her that she wouldn't be able to have any kids. And so what had happened was, you know, that took a toll on her, but also she thought that was God's way of punishing her because of the sin that she committed. You know, there's this famous saying, well, you know, the Lord had to teach you a lesson. Little did she know, and little do we know that, you know, God is not, you know, trying to cause evil. He says, for I've come to, like he said, my plans are peace, not of evil. See, when we commit uh, a sin, our punishment is not from God. It's from the act of committing the sin. Like, for instance, if I tell my uh, daughter to, I say, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. I'm telling you, do not touch that stove. And she goes ahead and touches the stove. And let's say the stove is on. And she touches the stove. And she gets burnt. Uh, what real parent going to be like, see, that what you get. I hope it hurt. No, you're going to rush to their aid. And you're going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, baby. baby. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Let me kiss it. Let me kiss it. And put some ice on it. You're going to do everything in your power to get her mind off of what she just did. Now, was it your fault that she touched the stove or they touched the stove? No, boy, too. They touched the stove? No. Was it your desire for them to get burnt? No. So it's the fact that they caused it on themselves. But it was not your will. It was not your desire for them to get burnt. And that's the exact reason why you told them not to do it in the first place. There's no different. Okay. We are going to go through things in life because one is just a part of life. You know, we go through stuff. It's part of life. We live in a sin filled world. We live in a fallen world. It's part of life. Then we're going to go through things. Number two, because the devil is throwing things at us. 
You know, so he's going to try to do everything that he can to discourage us. And then number three, which I would say a lot of our trials and tribulations are self-inflicted. We don't listen. <laughs> so therefore, we're going through things that are self-inflicted because if we would have listened in the first place, we wouldn't go through them. Yes, yeah, some of the things are the devil. Some of the things are life. But to be honest with you, most of my trials and tribulations, I'm not saying all, but most of my trials and tribulations happened because I didn't listen. It was not God's fault. It was my fault. God wasn't trying to teach me no lesson. Eventually, I ended up teaching my own self the lesson because I didn't listen to God in the first place. So, so back to my wife. My wife thought that God was trying to teach her a lesson. Another thing, God is good. Everything that is good comes from the Father. So there is no sickness on in him. So how can he put sickness on you if he doesn't have sickness in the first place? It's like you want me to give you $100. If I ain't got it, how can I give it to you if I don't have it? And so a lot of times it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's a, a verse in Acts. I can't quite remember the scripture, but it talks about how Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed by the devil and never say that were oppressed by God or that God oppressed anybody. It was the devil that oppressed. So a lot of times we give credit to God for things that the devil is doing. Well, you know, they say, the, you know, God, he'll humble you. No, he won't. The Bible says to humble yourself before God. God ain't going to humble you because God gives you free will. Now, you'll see that if you keep operating in pride, you ain't going to do nothing but just get embarrassed. Your situation's going to get worse and worse. But once you humble yourself saying, okay, Lord, I'll let you take the lead because God gives us free will. Then, you know what I mean? God can take over. Why am I saying all this? Because my wife, she believed that God had put the sickness on her to get some glory. God don't need to make you sick to get glory. All he got to do is just continue to bless you. And he's going to get the glory because you can breathe without God. You wouldn't exist without God. So the notion that God needs to do something bad and then turn it around so that he'll get glory is foolishness. I grew up believing that stuff. And it's foolishness, y'all. It's foolishness. God ain't got to do nothing bad to you in order to show how good he is. All he has to do is simply just show how good he is. And you'll see. That God would get glory. So my wife had to learn that, okay, this is not God's doing, but God will take it and turn it around for my good. That's why the scripture says, um, 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 in all things, give thanks. Notice it never says for all things, because God is not the cost for everything. I know we like to think that, but you don't even have to believe him if you don't want to. He's not going to force himself on you. So that's why I said it's in all things. Okay. And so my wife had to realize she got the revelation that um, this isn't God's doing. As a matter of fact, God wants to see me healed. He sees me healed. So I'm going to partner with him and I am going to produce my healing so that I can have my children. I'm going to have my children because God wants me to have children more than I want my children and I want them pretty bad. So God wants them more than I do. 
So we had to realize that, you know, the love of the father, she had to realize that revelation. And once she realized that revelation, she switched lenses and she realized that revelation. Then she was able to start going after what God had promised her. God ain't going to play with your emotions. If he promised you something, it's already done. We just have to get in line to receive it. We're not trying to make it happen. We're just lining up with him so we can receive it. It's like a quarterback and a receiver. Okay. The receiver runs the route. The quarterback will release the ball sometimes before the receiver even gets to the destination. Now, the ball is already in the air and the receiver is not telling the quarterback to throw it. All the receiver is doing is trusting that the ball is already in the air and he's going to get in that perfect spot so where he can easily receive the pass. It's just like God. God has already done it. God is just lining us up. He's telling us directions in order to receive what he's already done. So why am I saying all this? God had already had Miracle Elise Jones done in our mind. We just had to believe him. We had to first get the revelation of his love that he wants us to have children more than we want to have children. And then we would do the things, the necessary steps, if you know what I mean, <laughs> like those steps. Anyway, I digress. But we would do the necessary steps in order to produce miracle. And because of that, we set a goal. We went after it and we had the father's love motivating us. Let me tell you something. Please do not be motivated by hate. I'm not saying hate doesn't add fuel to the fire, but when you got God's love, that's all the motivation you need. I'm not going to be motivated by hate solely by hate because then your motive switch from grace to pride. Love is my motivation. When pride is your motivation, it's about competition. When love is your motivation, it's about blessing God's people. Okay, so long story short, we ended up having our child this Tuesday, this past Tuesday, um, April the 9th, 2019, 1.45 p.m. But it was God's love because we could have just said, well, you know, I guess it's just God punishing us and he trying to teach us a lesson. And who to say we ever would have produced a child? It's important how you believe in God will determine how you receive from God. How you believe will determine how you will receive. Your life goes in the direction of your most dominant thought. So let's change how we believe. Okay. And I want to say something too. Don't be afraid to testify. Okay. Even if some certain people aren't going to like it. Can I be honest with you? A testimony is not for you. If you're giving it, it's not for you. It's to encourage the people that you're saying it to. You know, a testimony, I got this from Pastor Scott T. Sanders. He said, a testimony is God's way of saying, I want to do this again for you. But if you walking around shutting your mouth, thinking you being humble and you not, you really being prideful. 
then how are people going to ever hear the good news? It's the good news that's going to get people saved, not that condemnation, not your religious works. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to share my testimony and I don't care who don't like it. Tough. Because I'm going to tell about the goodness of Jesus. There are so many people that are going through similar situations that me and my wife went through. And it is my duty. It is our duty to let them know that as soon as they believe on God and just believe that what he has promised them, God can do the same thing for them, that he is no respecter of person. And if it offends people, then that is their problem. Not ours. You know, I've been in some amazing conversations where people would talk about any and everything. The most vilest, disgusting conversations use the most vulgar language, the most, you know, just crazy obscenity, you know, gestures or whatever. And then the moment you bring up God, now all of a sudden the conversation is starting to get offensive. We don't want to offend nobody. Well, you know, we done sat here and talked about every. I had to listen to everything. And now we bring up God. Now all of a sudden, can we change the subject? No. I ain't going to change the subject. And I come to this conclusion. Y'all, I'm not going to, uh, 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 I'm not going to try to downplay God, the one who blessed me, the one who gave me life. I'm not going to try to downplay Jesus. Okay. If I can't talk about God around you, if I can't talk about Jesus around you, then I don't need to be around you. That's just my, that's my, my stance and I'm sticking to it. And so if I can't talk about the goodness of God. Now, I'm not going to be overbearing and I'm not going to be one of them super saved people when you ask how you're doing and they go to quoting scriptures. I'm going to say, I'm good. Good to see you. How you doing? But at any point in time, if I bring up God and it offends you, yeah, we probably won't talk much. If at all. Love you. Praying for you. Man, it's time we start letting people know. I love what Bishop Daniel Robinson Jr. said. He said, it's time that people start respecting God. And I come to realize, man, don't apologize for being who God has called you to be. I used to try to please people and I had to try to downplay this and downplay that. And I said, no, 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 I'm not finna downplay the one that gave me life. I'm not finna downplay the one that, you know what I mean? So I'm going to talk about God, whether you want to hear it or not. All right. <laughs> I say all that to say testify, man. You know, the news, they'll report negative things in a heartbeat. They'll report shooting in the hood in a heartbeat. They'll report, you know, you know, just crime, uh, somebody going to jail, a black on black crime, white on black crime, black on white crime. They'll report all negative stuff in a heartbeat. They'll report gossip in a heartbeat. So it is our job as believers to report the positive, to report what God is doing, to report the power of salvation. And if people have a problem with that, then that's their problem. But keep reporting it. All right. Hey, man, I'm going to start this and I'm going to do this after every show, because like I said, I'm not going to apologize for who God's called me to be. I don't care if you're a Buddhist, you're Muslim, you're Hindu, you're atheist, you're part of the woke, the universe movement, all that. The fact is you still need a savior. And his name is Jesus. All you have to do is accept the fact that Jesus came down to die for your sins. He rose on the third day, and now he's at the right hand of the Father. And once you believe on him with your heart, 
and confess out of your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. All right. We're talking about goals, talking about visions, talking about dreams. And the main aspect, the most important aspect of achieving those goals is to realize that God has already made ways for you to achieve them. I love in Joshua talks about how uh, when, when he meditates on God's laws and decrees and all that stuff, God will say, then you will have good success. So in order for him to have good success, that let you know that all success ain't good. In other words, all success ain't God. We want you to have God success. All right. So receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You said that prayer and you meant it from your heart. Confess out of your mouth. You are now officially saved. I welcome you to the team. Hey, man, it's your brother, Greg Roski. Remember, greatness has no peak. Uh, fine wine gets better over time. Always keep one foot in your present so you won't forsake the responsibilities of today. One foot in your future so you won't forget to dream. Man, I love you. Hey, it's the weekend, y'all. Can y'all promise me this? Can y'all promise me that y'all going to be great? Continue to be great. Do something great. When's the, when's the uh, last time you did something for the first time? Shout out to Pastor Scott T. Sanders. Hey, man, be great. I love you. The Great Roski. Checking out. Yeah.